The Pittsburgh Steelers have a tall task to take on the Kansas City Chiefs, who got back a couple players from their COVID list uh, going into this weekend. We'll talk about that matchup, but we're also going to talk about the fact that, yes, the Steelers are dealing with a bit of a rebuild. They're not going to go through a rebuild. They're in a rebuild. But also, they have plenty of the building blocks right on their roster right now. So many Steelers fans are in panic mode because the Steelers aren't 11-0 like they were last year and that they're struggling by around by 500. But the truth is, is that, yes, the Steelers are going through a rebuild, but they're still fighting through it and being competitive and have plenty of those blocks to be closer back to where they have been when they've been at their best than fans think. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Joining me will be Jenna Harner of Channel 11 WPXI, breaking that down, all of our Week 16 picks, and of course, breaking down Steelers versus Chiefs for Sunday. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers. Your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Join me as always is Jenna Harner on Channel 11 WPXI. We remind you that our show today is brought to you by On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit on visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl On Location. Jenna, how you doing? I'm doing wonderfully, Chris. Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas. Yeah, yes. I'm like, what day is it? I don't know. I have no idea what day of the week we're on anymore. Plus, Tuesday night football, the holidays, just threw a wrench into all of it. So Merry Christmas to all of our Locked On Steelers listeners, viewers. Happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy holidays to all. Just, you know, it's a wonderful time of the year. It, it, it indeed is. It's an exciting time of the year. Football is ready to go into playoff mode. And we get a little bit of extra football because it's 18 weeks. So we got three more games for all the teams, and they start this weekend. Well, technically, they started Thursday night with the Niners-Titans game. But um, that being said, there's a lot to break down about this. But I, before we get into this week's games, Jenna, I want to talk about something that I talked about on the final word with you with you on Channel 11 back all over last Sunday. And a lot of people, especially Steelers fans, hit pan, hit the panic button when the Steelers aren't a great team. Not when they're not over the top playing at a high level, when they're struggling, which they have this year, they're seven, six, and one. Um, they when you when you see them, like there's not a it's not a guaranteed thing that they're gonna make the playoffs this year. Uh, people are like, Man, you know, we gotta do a complete rebuild. We gotta start from the bottom and and, and just be, and, and build back up. And you know, there's people suggesting trade TJ Watt, get rid, you know, you know, don't sign, don't resign Mika Fitzpatrick, get all new guys because you need to rebuild the culture and everything. And I just look at this and I'm like, man, like, do y'all not know what a what, what, first? First of all, did you not know that you were going through a rebuild with the with the offensive pieces that you were bringing in? Second of all, do you not know what an actual like re rebuild is? Because I look at the Jaguars two and twelve after already having the first overall pick. That is a rebuild, and that ain't, ain't, ain't something that's getting better anytime immediately soon. The Jets three and eleven when you look at their record. There, there are te- the, the Lions, two eleven and one. Those the are Giants. teams. The, the Giants, another team, four and ten. Those yeah. are teams 
that I'd point to and say like, man, you know, maybe we got to rethink everything here. But Jenna, am I crazy for thinking the Steelers have several of the pieces that they need to when if they, you know, if they want to make moves next year to get back into being one of the better teams in the AFC? No, you're not at all. And I think a lot of people are also forgetting that with the way the cap is and the money that the Steelers will have next year, the Steelers have either the top or one of the top three, I believe, cap space. And I know you'll check on this. They have so much money to spend next year, plus potentially the money they may not be paying Ben Roethlisberger, depending on what happens if this is, in fact, his last season with the Steelers. Mm -hmm. The Steelers are going to have a whole lot of money to spend, whether it is going out and getting a quarterback in free agency or whether it's going to be building around some of the pieces that they already have. I think so many people tend to look at, you know, oh, this is going wrong, this is going wrong, this is going wrong. And there are a lot of holes and gaps they need to fill. I think that clearly the absence of Stefan Tuitt and Tyson Alulu this year have really hurt the Steelers. That is something clearly visual. The fact that they have four rookies starting yes. on four rookies on offense. How many on the offensive line alone? Two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Two on the offensive line. I mean, there are going to be growing pains. We had said that from the beginning, and I think everybody expected it to be like, okay, maybe after week four, then this offensive line was going to skyrocket. Then this, you know, offense itself was going to find its identity and do a lot of things. But the reality is, and I think I'm trying to remember where, I want to say I saw the stat on ESPN that before one of the um, Sunday 1 p.m. games, but the Steelers, if you take out Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers' offense is like the second or third youngest offense in the mm -hmm. entire league, which, again, there's a whole lot of future there. You look at guys like Najee Harris, like Pat Fryermuth, like Deontay Johnson. Potentially, if this team gets Juju Smith-Schuster back next year, tell me that's not going to be enticing for a quarterback to come into the offense when you tell him, hey, we have a lot of money to spend. We're going to look at getting some pieces for you on the offensive line so things are more solidified up front. And, hey, you have one of the best rookie running backs at your disposal. You have a tight end who can go up and make plays on any contested catch in the red zone, and nine out of ten times will come down with that. You have Deontay Johnson. You have a plethora of receivers at your hands. And, hey, oh, on the other side of the ball, you have T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. Exactly. Yeah, you're looking at these pieces here, and these are young pieces. TJ Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick, they're either 25 or younger. Like they like these are guys that if you sign them right now, they're gonna be here forever. My my one of my earlier episodes this week was also saying not only signing Mika Fitzpatrick, but Terrell Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds is 25. Like, mm -hmm. like these these are guys that if you sign them to four-year contracts, when they end those four-year contracts, they'll be in their prime. Yeah. Like they'll still be late, late twenties. Like that's when you want a player because that's typically when they're at their best and they're, 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 they're they've had experience in the NFL and they're at their height of their athleticism. So for, you know, for people who think, Oh, just tear everything down. I, I think you're crazy right now. There is really something to build here. And this season isn't over. This isn't us saying, just talking about the future, just to talk about the future because there's no, there's no hopes. Um, But this is, this is an acknowledgement that it's like, hey, not only are they competing this year with these rookies on the offensive line, with trying to figure out who this is. They have a, a first-year offensive line coach who apparently Adrian Clem is going to be headed to Oregon. That's a whole other story. They have yeah. a first-year offensive coordinator. They have a quarterback that, that's aged and at the worst part of his career. All those things hamper in on top of the injuries that they faced, on top of Stephon Tewitt not playing, on top of T.J. Watt having more injuries this year than he has in the entire career. 
you're still seven, six, and one, and right in the middle of the playoff one, you're a half game back from first place in your in your division. Like, like, what are we talking about here? But this is why I wanted to, to dive into this because again, you look at the youth on the team, and usually with youth guys, they grow more often than not with the Steelers, the guys that they invest into find ways to become assets. Look at Cam Sutton. Years ago, he was he was just the guy who was kind of like occasionally brought in. Now he's one of the main contributors in the secondary, filling in at either the slot or outside cornerback. Look at Cam Hayward. Came in as the rookie you know, defensive lineman 10 years ago. Now he's one of the faces of the fan uh, of the franchise. Look at TJ Watt. Look, you know, these are all guys. They've homegrown, developed here, and made into something else in Pittsburgh and that are key parts of their future. And now it's just they have a lot more of those young guys. And like you said, they have a ton of money next year. Now, it's not the top three anymore because what changes, I think a lot of the other teams that haven't been good this year, they've divested from their from – their, from their, so they've, they've let go guys that have freed up cap space. But yeah. they are now, according to Spot Rack, the Steelers have the 11th most cap space going into next season with $46 million. Even though it's not – Top three, 46 million in cap space. The Steelers never have that. They always have Ben Roethlisberger, David DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey, and like five other contracts that are taking up the majority of their space. This is their chance to say, hey, we're either getting a veteran quarterback or we're going to invest in all the other pieces and bring in a rookie quarterback for the Chiefs and we'll have a way. But either way, this Steelers team has a lot of space to build on what they already have, and they do have very good pieces, Jenna. Yeah. And again, this was something I don't think it was entirely a surprise that coming into this season, this Steelers team was not going to be the team that dominated the AFC. That's only competition was the New England Patriots. I don't think anybody expected that. But I think there's a little bit of reality now where it's like, oh, wait, this team isn't great. But also, like, I mean, we haven't been able to figure out this team's identity and we cover them on a weekly Mm -hmm. basis. If that goes to show anything, but this is a team that again is kind of still figuring that out. And it's week what 15, 16? No, 15, 15, 16, 16, 16. Week yeah. 16, because there's 19 weeks. I keep doing that. I keep yeah. my brain goes to 18, and I'm like, yeah, 18, 18. Uh, so week 16. But in reality, I mean, again, like you said, this team is not like they're out of the playoff race completely right now, which I think is what's mind-boggling. Yes, there are so many things that they need to have fixed and they'll be mm-hmm. the first ones to tell you that that's what we've heard from this team week in week out for the last how many weeks here but the reality is is that they're still in the thick of things there's still a chance for them to win the division which seems outrageous right now but there is still that chance there is still that chance right now um you look at the way the division is playing out there's a lot of different teams that they could that they could leapfrog really quickly when you look at the the Browns or, or not, sorry, not the Browns because they're actually ahead of the Browns but the Bengals or the Ravens sorry I mix up Ohio teams they're all the same they wear orange um uh and and they disappoint Ohio, generally orange, same thing yeah it's the same thing but there's going to be some really interesting movement here because if they win this week, now again, the Chiefs are a tough team. This is not saying they automatically win this week, but if they win this week, they will leapfrog one of the Browns, or the Bengals, or the Ravens because they play each other, the, the, the Bengals and the Ravens. But we will get into that just momentarily because I want to talk about all the different matchups this weekend and give you our picks here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, I got to talk to you guys about Built Bar. It's the holiday season. Grab the, the best protein bar out there that tastes like a candy bar. Bar, and not just any candy bar, a holiday candy bar, because Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, low in fat, and high in protein. So you get the best of both worlds, healthy 
and delicious. So many flavors that you can have the best of your choosing. Raspberry, mint, brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter, brownie, all those flavors right for you to enjoy at Built.com. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down the mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. I know it's down the, le- the wire and, sh- and Christmas shopping. Jenna, do you have all your Christmas shopping done? I do, believe it or Look not. At you. Look at we you. We did it all. We got Look it all. Is it wrapped? No. But so <laughs> you might need a built bar to help you get help you help you get finished wrapping because that yep. is another energy effort right there. But yep. there you go right there. Whether you're still shopping or you're wrapping or you're sipping on some Gatorade like Je- like Jenna right now, get your built.com built bars right now by going to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, uh, for, uh, to, for 15% off your next order. Again, it's 15% off at builtbar.com. We're also... Brought to you, brought to you today by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the is the new innovative way to do daily fantasy sports because they're tired. Stat Hero knows you're tired of losing. You're tired of going against impossible odds, things that don't matter, things that you don't understand. Experts that are picking teams that you don't get and then losing to them. So there's a new way to play daily fantasy sports with Stat Hero. It's the first first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where you versus the house, you pick your opponent, the team you want to face, and you get to choose how you're going to beat them here's the crazy part stat hero shows you their entire lineup before you even play them this is never before seen innovation when it comes to fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid that stat hero offers because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknown people stat hero puts you in control of your own fate with stat hero you're in control of the stakes you decide how much you're going to play for and stat hero has no choice but to take it because you're da- they're daring you to beat them stat hero bro offers the best head-to-head daily fantasy action out there sign up for free right now and you'll at stathero.com slash locked on to and use the promo code locked on for a 100 deposit match again that's stathero.com slash locked on for for using promo code locked on for a 100 match at stathero.com slash locked on again promo code locked on terms and conditions apply now all that being said jenna let's get to the picks because this is where it's starting to come down to the nitty gritty. This is where we start to have the really good games in the NFL. I want to talk to you about some of them. Again, we always skip Thursday night football because this is the Friday show. But Saturday, big one. All Steelers fans, you better be watching this one. The 7-7 seven and seven Browns are taking on the 11-3 and three Packers. It really feels like this is the game. If the Browns can find a way to upset the Packers this game, they're back in the fold. But if they lose this game, they will at least be eight, you know have, have eight, eight losses. They still have to play the Steelers. They still have to play the Bengals. This this is the game where if they're going to make a surge, it has to start here. But like they they did last week, they pushed their game to 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 Tuesday, which kind of pushed their game way back, put them in a rough spot, and now they're they have a much shorter week. Excuse me, Monday they didn't push it back to Tuesday. they pushed it back to Monday. Um, instead, but they pushed it from Saturday to Monday, and now they have a they have a Saturday game against the Packers, which now puts them in a tough spot against the Packers team that's been playing very well this year. They're 11-3. and three. I think the Packers mow them down. I think that the, the Browns, they've put up a good fight for most, most of the season, but I think you're about to see a lot of the problems that they've had all season reemerge. Yeah, I think this will be a game where Green Bay will really expose a lot of those problems for the Browns. I think it'll also be intriguing. I know a lot of the games this week kind of hinge on if teams get certain guys back from the COVID lists or not. So this could be a game where Cleveland does get some reinforcements back, but yeah, I, I just don't see, I even, even the fact that uh, Baltimore made it close against green Bay last week, I don't see that happening again. I think Aaron Rodgers just has himself a field day against the Browns. 
Colts at Cardinals. Colts at eight and six. Cardinals at ten and four. The Cardinals though lost to the Lions last week. Mm-hmm. I'm going with the Colts. I'm saying the run game is going to take over on the road. They're going to walk into University of Phoenix Stadium. I think that the Cardinals are reeling. They're still dealing with injury questions and not just guys who are injured, guys who are coming back from injury. And I think this is the time for the Colts to strike and keep that push going to say, hey, they want to be one of those wild card teams in the AFC. Yeah, I feel this one's really hard to pick. I feel like this is such a close game and really could go either way. But I think the Colts run game is kind of what does it for me. And I think just this feels a little bit more desperate for them. Not that Arizona, a loss would do anything because I feel like they kind of know they're, I mean, obviously they're going to make the playoffs things along those lines. I don't know. Is technically Green Bay holding the number one seed in the NFC right now? Or is that... I believe yeah, yeah. Green, Green Bay has has it at eleven and three, and then it's the Cardinals and the Buccaneers each at ten and four, and the Cowboys. So there's, and the three, Cowboys. Ten, there's three ten win teams and yeah. one eleven win team in the NFC. Uh, no, excuse me, four ten win teams because the Rams are ten and four. I missed that one as well. So there's there's a ton of competition at the top of the NFC right now. And I think Green Bay. This my my point was getting to be if I think Green Bay knows as long as they just win out, they win that top seed, they win the bye, they win the hey the NFC, the road to the Super Bowl runs through Green Bay. So. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think this is like um, end-all, be-all for their cards, but I just think the Colts are a little bit more of a desperate team, and I think we'll see that more this weekend. Now, this is a game that could be they, they, they could be one of the ones that gets passed over uh, rolling into our Sunday games. Now, the Lions playing the, the Falcons. The Lions 2-11-1 coming off of that victory over the Cardinals. They're playing the Falcons. Now, I've gone back and forth about this game. I, I've, I've, I'm not a big Falcons guy. Um, they've struggled. They, they've struggled to be consistent this year. The Lions are a terrible team, but the Lions coming off a big win. They're finding confidence later in this season. The Falcons are a team that hasn't been too consistent. They're playing at home. You know, it's the day after Christmas. I can see the Lions riding high on their horses or their lions or whatever they ride on and coming into to, to Atlanta and actually getting another W here to go to 3-11 and 1. I'm picking an upset special. I don't know if it's that special because it's mm-hmm. the, just the Falcons they're beating, but record-wise, this is a team that has four more wins than them. I'm going with with Detroit. You're going with Detroit. Are we doing a little Christmas miracle here? Yes, that's indeed. Great. That's what we're doing here. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I this one I'm going back and forth with you. I just I feel like honestly to be honest with you, I don't know a lot about what the Falcons have done this year. The Falcons have just been that team <laughs> That you're like, okay, they have not been great. And then they're like, oh, they won again? How did they do that? Um, oh, like, oh, they're at, you know, this is their record right now? Beautiful. Um, I'm just, I think I might go with the Lions with you just to say, hey, let's go a little upset special here. Why not? You want the Christmas magic too, don't lie. Now, honestly, I do want some <laughs> of this Christmas magic. If you can see, well, then the trees right there, it's all lit up. <laughs> Look at you. You got more decorations than I do right now. I have a wall. <laughs> Christmas magic. There it is. And maybe the there lions will bring more of that. So you got the lions with me. Buccaneers yeah. at Panthers. I got the 10 and 4 Buccaneers, the 5 and 9 Panthers. I'm sorry. Cam Newton has has done some cool things here, but the Buccaneers, they're gonna get back on track and win this one. Yeah, especially after uh, I would not want to play Tom Brady after a shutout. I would not ever, 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 ever want He's to be mad. that opposing defense. He's an angry man. He threw that tablet with the ferocity and intensity, excuse me, an intensity of a, I want to say like five-year-old child who could not get Paw Patrol to work and just slammed it down to the ground. So, yep, would not want to be an opposing defense.
<laughs> but just seeing the Paw Patrol doesn't work, Daddy. Like, I'm sorry, that picture you brain do that. It's, <laughs> that's Great. hilarious. I guess we'll live in my brain for so long. This this next game will be the game that all Steelers fans have to watch at one o'clock. The Steelers mm-hmm. play at four twenty-five, but at one p.m. Eight and six Ravens at eight and six Bengals. Now, technically, the Steelers Steelers fans should be rooting for the Ravens to win this game because they don't play the Bengals anymore. It doesn't matter if the Bengals swept them. It just matters the fact that they don't play them anymore because the Steelers tied tied the Lions, which means their record can't match anyone else's in the AFC North or the AFC in general. So that means that that there's no there's no more tiebreakers anymore. It's just about finishing the better record. They can beat the Ravens later this year. So ideally, you want the Ravens to win. I actually do think the Ravens pull this out, whether or not Lamar Jackson plays. The way they played the Packers last week, they were very close. And to me, they still the Ravens still have a lot to figure out with who they who they are with all the injuries they've dealt with. But the Bengals have been wildly inconsistent. I think that they feel too confident at home against the beat up Ravens team, and the Ravens come up and sneak them. I think that exactly. I, I do think Baltimore wins this game because one Tyler Huntley, my God, that Please. performance was what? phenomenal mm-hmm. against a Green Bay defense who had been playing really well. It wasn't yes, they had been. This was one of the worst defenses in the league. This was a Packers defense that was really stopping teams. And obviously you look a little bit situationally, you know, the um, Packers went up and had a huge lead, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what happens and how, you know, if you play a letdown game or not, I think that the Bengals have been way too inconsistent this year. I think that they have struggled to score points in the last handful of games. And I think you're going to see that on display. This Ravens team, again, kind of has nothing to lose, but also like, again, I joke, who wants to actually win the AFC North this year? We don't know. So yeah, I'm going Baltimore in this one as a little, one of those, since he comes in kind of riding high thinking, Hey, if we win this, the division is ours. I don't think that'll be the case. Chargers at Texans, Texans uh, fighting back with Davis Mills, but the Chargers, they're on a mission. They need to make the playoffs. Uh, Los Angeles should win this. Yeah, L.A. should win this, no doubt. Just Justin Herbert. What else do I need to say there? And L.A. also playing the Vikings, but it's the Rams playing the Vikings, 10-4 and four at 7-7. Seven, seven. The Vikings, though, just found out they're without Dalvin Cook. He, he, he is on the COVID list. He's tested positive for COVID. He's out for 10 days. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's it. The Vikings are – are they're not going to beat the, Ram, the Rams like that. No, you lose one of your best weapons on offense. It's kind of hard to come back from that. Plus, I think the Rams have been – Rolling a little bit. Yeah, they're on a little bit of a short week with them playing on Tuesday, but I think their offensive weapons are just too much. Same here. Bills at Patriots. This is a potential game of the week right here. Eight and six Bills at nine and five Patriots. The Patriots, of course, took the first one in Buffalo. Now they moved to Foxborough. I'm riding with the Patriots. Originally, if you had asked me a month ago, I, I originally picked the Patriots to win the first one and the Bills to win the second one. But when I looked at how they, they beat them by just throwing the ball three times, I, the, I know the Bills want revenge, Jenna, and I know you used to cover the Bills, but that Patriots team, I, I think that they, they whatever it is, they're in their heads right now, and I think that New England's going to find a way to win. Yeah, I think this is definitely a big mind game. I know the line on this is super, super, super close. I think it's Patriots minus two at the time that we're looking Ooh. at this, so it is right there. I, the My gut says the Bills only because – this is one of those games where they need to make a statement. I know we're having oh, a little bit of a, little bit of a <laughs> But I think this is one of those games where it's like they know the statement that they need to make. And you look at some of those guys on defense, what they've been saying all week, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, how angry, how frustrated they are. That last loss to the Patriots, and also it's so fresh. It was only a couple weeks ago. It still stings a whole lot. I think they go out on the road, make a statement in New England and say, hey – 
uh, we're not done here. There you go. So there's our first split of the week. You take the Bills and take the Patriots. Now, from a game that could be a game of the week to the game that no one will probably watch, Jaguars at Jets at 1 o'clock. I mean, I'm just – I'm just going to say the Jaguars just because there's no more Urban Meyer there. They didn't win last week. They're going to win this week just to be like, hey, we we have hope for the future. I'm going with the Jets just because. <laughs> just because. We need just more splits in our lives. Um, NFC East showdown. Your New York football Giants take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles still hanging in there at 7-7. Seven and seven. They haven't quit just yet. I'm going with Philly, man. They're at home. You got Jalen Hurts. Uh, that defense is still getting after it. Who knows what the Giants are going through? I think Philly finds a way to win. The Eagles' run game is so good, and I didn't <laughs> realize how ridiculous it was until I watched Miles Sanders ruin my playoff fantasy football hopes <laughs> by less than a point. It's fine. We're fine. You're not. not you're not hanging on to that. You're you're totally no. over it. I'm not bitter. I'm not disappointed. <laughs> not at all. Not even in the slightest. Um, yeah, Philly has put up, I believe, over 200 yards on the ground in the last handful. No, it was like 175 in the last seven games, which sounds outrageous, but they are just destroying teams with their run game. Miles Sanders back to back, um, 200 yard games in the last two weeks. The first player, it's insane. It's just they're good. The Giants are not. So, yeah, if Philly doesn't win this game, that will be the true Christmas miracle. That, that, that'll be that'll be your Christmas miracle. You can celebrate over Philly. Listen, everybody in the NFC East hates each other. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Uh, uh, but moving on to an NFC match, four and ten Bears at five and nine Seahawks. I'm gonna stick with with the Seahawks because they got Russell Wilson. But um, you know, and the Bears have just been on the struggle bus. This has been a rough year for both teams. But I think S Seattle at home, I'll take them. I think so too. And just look at like turnovers and the turnover battle. I think Seattle's much more adequately adapt i guess to handle it compared to chicago and obviously you look at players of course they all should be able to do it but i just think the bears have been just plagued by turnover woes so much this season at least you'll see a little more consistency from seattle broncos at raiders this is a do or die game for both teams the broncos at seven and seven the raiders at seven seven i'm going with denver their defense has hung hung in there even though teddy bridgewater might not be able to play the raiders they've been struggling as well um, they barely beat the Browns last week, and they kind of helped the Steelers in doing so. Um, but I think Denver on the road finds a way to win this one in a very weird way at a four at a four twenty five game. Yeah, and I think this is a very emotional game for the Broncos too. Obviously, the way in which Teddy Bridgewater left the yeah. field. Glad to hear reports that he's doing okay. But this is kind of a game where that that team goes out and says, "Hey, we're winning this for our guy. We're keeping our hopes alive. We're winning this for him." Yeah, I'm saying there with you. Uh, another NFC East showdown: Washington six and eight at the ten and four Cowboys. Uh, hello, this is the game that the Cowboys need to win because they're one of those ten win teams that they want to stay up, stay up at the top of the mix and keep fighting for maybe even getting a one seed later this year. I think they do it at home. They find a way. They find a way to win. Washington, they have pieces, but they need to do a little bit more rebuilding themselves. Yeah, I think this is a game the Cowboys should win. I think I, you almost look back at Washington-Philly last week and you wish uh, more of the football team's players would have been healthy just because that would have been, I think, a little bit more of an even comparison to kind of see who was better. But I just think you look at the rosters, you look at who's in, who's out, things along those lines. I think Dallas has a much more complete team, has a more talented team. Does that mean they'll win? Mm, who knows? But I think on paper, this is a game that the Cowboys should win. 
Finally, Monday Night Football, the 7-7 Dolphins play the 7-7 Saints. Both teams trying to find a way to fight their way into the back end of the playoff race here. I'm going with Miami, but I, I'm very intrigued by the Saints with because they the, both teams have really tough defenses. But the Saints are going with Ian Book, rookie quarterback out of Notre Dame. Watched this guy all through last year. He's going up against Tua Tango-Vailoa. I'm sorry. I think that Tua and his receivers can just do more. Uh, especially with Jalen Waddle, they'll do more than what the Saints can offer on offense, and that'll be what puts the Dolphins over, but barely. Yeah, this is going to be a very interesting game to watch because this is, for Miami fans, a benchmark to see, hey, where is our team really at? Yeah. Where is your quarterback at? This is a game you should win. You haven't been given a lot of these games this year. Are you going to go out there? Are you going to execute? I'm going with Miami as well because that offense has been clicking. That defense has been really giving opponents fits as of late. They've won seven in a row, something along those lines. Uh, let me check their schedule they real quick. Junked, I'm pretty, I, I want to say it's seven in a row. I always hesitate on these numbers, and then I'm like, no, that was it. I, oh, my, it's, yes. Uh, six yeah. in a row. So this would be seven in a row. The Jeez. Dolphins have won six in a row coming into this yeah. game. They're kind of sneaky on the radar. They're, a, they're in contention for – the AFC East. They're yeah, in they are. For that. If you had said that they were in contention for the AFC East crown at the beginning of the season, everybody would have laughed. They were one in seven at one point. They were one in seven. Now they've reeled off a string of six wins. I think they could make it seven in a row this week, and I think they do. That's going to be an interesting thing. We got to break down Steelers versus Chiefs. We'll do that in just a moment here. But first, I got to tell you guys about a place you could bet on the Steelers versus Chiefs at betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered for all season long with more props odds, lines, and ever before as football season continues to march to the playoff. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one word, and you'll receive your 50% welcome bonus when signing up. From basketball to football to NHL to boxing to UFC, write down your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and and bet online where the game starts. Wrapping things up here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter here with Jenna Harner, keeping it rolling here for y'all. Now, let's talk about Steelers versus Chiefs. Steelers 7 6 and 1, Chiefs 10 and 4. They're the one seed in the AFC right now. The Steelers just knocked off the two seed last week of the Titans. They've beaten the Ravens when they were when they were the top dog. They've been, the Steelers have been known for knocking off teams who were thought they would be powerhouses in the AFC. The Bills were one of them at the start of the season. This is going to be an interesting game. Jenna, before we give our predictions, what do you think is the biggest matchup that's going to be the concern for the Steelers in this game? I think it's kind of – I hate to automatically kind of go to the glaring obvious one, but can you limit Patrick Mahomes? How much can you limit him and his explosiveness? We heard Mike Tomlin basically sing his praises and then some earlier this week just explaining how much of a phenomenal talent he is, and it's so true. But can they just – can they limit him? Can they – step up and say, hey, we are a solid defense. We've been able to do what we've been able to do up to this point. Look what we did to the Titans last week. Can we limit him? And I want to say, was it Cam Hayward that said they're treating him like it's mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson? Was that what Cam Hayward said earlier this week? I believe it was I believe it was Cam Hayward who uh, Cam Hayward said, and I think I think Terrell Edmonds echoed him when yeah. we interviewed him at the Steelers facility. Yes. 
Yeah. So I think it's just going to be how much can they contain, which we we've seen the success this team has had against limiting Lamar Jackson. Now, can they do it against Patrick Mahomes and can they do it against a team that has so much offensive firepower? That's really what it's going to come down to. Can they pressure the quarterback? Can TJ Watt make some splash plays? Can you create multiple turnovers? We saw how well that treated them last week, even with the unfortunate performance they had on offense. You create turnovers, you win that turnover battle. All of a sudden, the game's entirely changed. It, it, it totally is changing. That would be a big factor if they can force Patrick Mahomes into turnovers or just limit his opportunities to light up the scoreboard. I'm going to go to the other side of the ball with my biggest matchup here because I, I do think the Steelers' defense, their pass defense can hang with the Chiefs. Their rush mm-hmm. defense, it'll be inter- intriguing to see if the Chiefs try to run the ball. But for me, the biggest factor is, is can Ben Roethlisberger stay out of the mistakes? Can he read what the mm-hmm. Chiefs' defense is trying to cover? Because the Chiefs' defense has played very well since Melvin Ingram has joined it, and it's allowed Chris Jones to move inside allowing the defensive front more continuity. But something I brought up earlier in the week, because Mike Tomlin brought brought it up earlier in the week, is their look of their three safety looks. They love to use Tyron Matthew, they love to use Juan Thornhill, and they love to use Daniel Sorensen. The way they use those three safeties and they move them around, something tells me the Steelers are going to be locking in and focusing on where those three guys are. And Ben Roethlisberger, his biggest challenge would be saying, hey, where are they? What are they doing? What are they disguising? If Ben Roethlisberger figures that out, if he's able to say, hey, they're going here and consistently find the open spot on the field and understand where the soft spots of their defense is and how that works best with their plays. The Steelers will put up more points than last week and they will be in a good spot. If they don't, the Chiefs are going to the Chiefs are going to keep the Steelers the Steelers offense corralled and if the if the Chiefs offense just has a couple big plays like we know that they can get with Patrick Mahomes, it's going to make this a rough game here. But that being said, both of these are big big factors impacting both quarterbacks here. Jenna, what is your final score prediction for Steelers versus Chiefs? This is tough because it's kind of you always talk about like if you when you want when you play the team this team okay let me refresh that I'm You're trying fine. to get to what I'm saying um, when you play a team at what point in the year you play a team it makes an impact I think Steelers fans would have loved to see this Kansas City team weeks one through six because it was an entirely different team an entirely different defense compared to now where this defense has actually showed up and looked fantastic so. Unfortunately, I probably would have picked the Steelers to win earlier this year. I just think right now the Chiefs are a much better team in general. And just in terms of figuring things out, they have a lot more answers than the Steelers have been providing. At the same time, they've won seven in a row. A streak like that has to end at some point. I don't think it ends this week. I think the Chiefs win 31-24. I just think they're always going to be one score ahead and the Steelers are never going to be able to kind of leapfrog them. I think it's going to be a close game all the way through. I just don't see it being a blowout, but I also don't see the Steelers really kind of being able to take that lead and say, hey, you know, we're going to maintain a lead. We're going to get out to a quick start. We're going to hold it. So I think the Chiefs do win this game, but I think it will be close. I think it will be close too. I think it's going to come down to, you know, which team can avoid the turnovers and can win on third down more often, because you're going to look at those third down numbers at the end of the game, who sustained the longer drives, who kept the other team's defense out there longer to force them to have to show more defensive fake outs and more, more disguises and give the opposing quarterback chances to read them. But I'm with, I'm with you. I think the chiefs find a way to win this game. It's nothing against the Steelers. There's nothing saying that I don't believe in them. Is it that this chiefs team is playing very well right now. And the Steelers team has been very roller coastery at this part 
part of the season. I have the final score being 28 to 20. I think that the Steelers, like you said, they keep it close. I think it's going to look a lot like the Packers game in how the Steelers were within striking distance, but could yes. never strike. They could yeah. never get the thing that put them over the top to finally finish them off. Um, you know, I think in the fourth quarter, this will come down to a final drive. It just yeah. won't be able to go the Steelers way. But that being said, I don't think that a loss here also kills the Steelers because again, I think yeah. that the Ravens win this week over the Bengals. And I think the Ravens, they got some tough matchups coming up. They got to play the Rams and the Steelers. That'll give them chance. Uh, the Steelers a chance to leapfrog them. I think that the Bengals, they'll be in a position where they'll, they'll lose one more game as well. The, the real challenge for the Steelers to, for me is can they beat the Ravens and can they beat the Browns in these final two weeks? They do those two yeah. things. I think they're in the playoffs. They win this game. I think it gives them an even better chance to win a division and set oh, up yeah. themselves for a really good spot. Yeah. I'm Chris Carter from the Locked On Steelers podcast. Thanks so much for joining me and Jenna Harner here on Fridays as always. Jenna, thank you so much for joining us. We always appreciate you here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let people who can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Thank you. As always, it's always a pleasure to be here on Fridays. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jenna Harner 11, Instagram, Jenna underscore Harner um, and WPXI. We have a ton of stuff as the Steelers season is uh, kind of wrapping up with the regular season here in these next few weeks. So uh, definitely stay tuned. Definitely uh, join us there for all the latest content. Thank you so much. We appreciate you as always, Jenna, for joining us. Thank you guys for joining us. Remember, you can subscribe to this show on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Odyssey. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Everybody, we thank you so much. We will be back on your screens and in your ears following up this game Sunday evening. It'll be a 425 kickoff, hopefully, as long as it doesn't get moved. And then I'll have a show up that night getting you into your Monday morning as you recover from your holiday hangover. Thanks so much, everyone, for checking us out. We'll be back with you very soon. Thank you.